chapter fourteen of blackthorn farm by arthur applin this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter fourteen the parting of the ways the words sir reginald had spoken to john dale when he visited him at charing cross hospital after the trial returned fairly frequently to his mind for many hours afterwards when he reached his own home on dartmoor this thing might have happened to my boy he recalled too the old yeoman's reply when he reminded sir reginald that his son was a gentleman and therefore could not do a mean thing the dales came of old yeoman stock they could trace their family back as far probably further than the crichtons old dale was a gentleman right enough and crichton knew it would be impossible for him to do anything mean much less dishonourable indeed he had been the first to warn sir reginald that his daughter must never meet the baronet's son again sir reginald did not find it easy to believe that jim had fallen in love with marjorie dale he had to presume like all parents that he had been blind his boy had never been in the habit of keeping anything from him since jim had grown up and become a man their relationship had been that of brothers or dear comrades rather than father and son jim had always bluntly confessed to the few scrapes and peccadilloes into which he had got and his tendency had been to exaggerate rather than diminish the few mistakes he had made in life probably he had not considered falling in love a mistake but it is a grievous one to the elderly or to those who have fallen in been half drowned and crawled out again even had this terrible tragedy of the altering of the check never occurred sir reginald knew he would have found it very difficult to agree to any engagement between his son and the daughter of john dale first of all jim was much too young to think of marriage secondly when he did marry it would be someone in his own caste occupying the same rank in life or a higher one than he for though crichton kept his youth he had already forgotten that he married for love and mirabile dictu had been happy thirdly jim had apparently been wedded to his profession he had already done excellent work in the flying corps and his name was down for early promotion he had received both public and official recognition for the services he had rendered to aerial navigation sir reginald had meant to tackle him at once on his return home and tell him what he felt sure jim would have already realized that it would be impossible for him to see marjorie again and in future they could not even be friends much less lovers he thought the task would be quite an easy one of course he would be sorry for the girl but she was still young and would easily find a suitable husband later on in her own class for crichton was old-fashioned enough to still believe that marriage was the only suitable profession for a respectable female but directly he saw jim he realized that rupert dale's conviction had been a serious blow to him as in duty bound he walked across to blackthorn farm to sympathize with marjorie to give her the latest news of her father and reassure her in case she should be feeling anxious as to his health he knew as little about women as he did about the bible 
one had brought him into the world and he believed the other kept him there but he had never thought it necessary to go deeper into the subject both women and bibles were necessary to the state the place for both was the home and the church and he had a good protestant's profound distrust of the man who had too close an intimacy with or quoted either except in the secret precincts of his own castle or the local cathedral so to his surprise marjorie greeted him calmly with a smile and gave him a cool steady hand he said the conventional thing in a conventional tone of voice but she showed no signs of hysteria neither did tears once rise to her eyes i expect your father will be back in two or three days at the latest he said mr despard uh, one of uh, uh, your brother's friends is going to bring him down he had nearly said one of your late brother's friends but he checked himself in time of course it would have been far better if rupert had died and sir reginald secretly hoped he would never live to come out of prison why is mr despard bringing father home marjorie asked perhaps he was one of rupert's friends but he is practically a stranger to us both he has been exceedingly kind sir reginald explained he is the only man your father knows in london at present and i may say that he has given practical proof of his kindness and sympathy he has done something i should like to have done myself i won't say anything more about it now but i will only hint that as long as you choose to remain at blackthorn farm no one will disturb you the property is your own again for the mortgage will be redeemed marjorie said nothing but sir reginald noticed that a frown puckered her forehead i think mr despard was very glad of the excuse your father's accident gave him to come down here again he was trying to be tactful and failing with a woman's quick instinct marjorie divined the hidden meaning of what he said mr despard is not a man whose acquaintance i care to continue i don't think father was impressed with him either one can't always judge from appearances when i first saw him i was certainly not prepossessed in his favour but he is showing great solicitude for your father in his hour of trial he is an exceedingly kind-hearted man and i know he is looking forward to seeing you again miss dale it was a feeble effort and sir reginald felt ashamed of it directly afterwards he held out his hand if i can be of any service to you please let me know i am afraid you may find your position here a little difficult but i'm sure we shall do our best to help you to forget the um, sorrow that has fallen upon you marjorie took his hand and held it then raising her head she looked straight into his eyes tell me please do you believe my brother guilty sir reginald cleared his throat it was an extraordinary a stupid question had he not felt so sorry for the girl he would have been irritated naturally you haven't read the newspapers the evidence i'm afraid his guilt was proved beyond doubt of course he must have been sorely tempted the jury would not have found him guilty my dear young lady if they had not been absolutely certain of the justice of their verdict i'm not asking you what the jury thought i want to know what you think for i know that he's innocent he did not do it sir reginald pressed her hand tightly he did not know what to say that was the worst of women they were so illogical rupert dale had been found guilty by a jury and by his own countrymen therefore of course he was guilty 
why do you say you know he's innocent you can't have proof if you had a curious smile parted marjorie's lips she looked at sir reginald with sorrow in her eyes almost pity how strange men are they only use their reason never their instinct evidence has hanged many an innocent man sir reginald hasn't it instinct which for some reason women have cultivated and men have neglected tells me that my brother is innocent i know you will never know sir reginald shrugged his shoulders it was impossible to say anything argument would be useless and unkind he pressed her hand again and was turning away when she stopped him i also know why you came over to see me to-day sir reginald flushed i came to to tell me that you will not allow an engagement between myself and jim he has told you or you have found out that we love one another sir reginald dropped her hand his body stiffened he looked at her sternly your father told me my boy has said nothing this is the first time in his life he has ever had a secret from me i suppose you wished it kept a secret she shook her head i haven't spoken to him yet sir reginald continued his voice hardening but of course as i hope you will realize it's impossible utterly impossible that there can be any engagement between you you must not see each other again i'm sorry miss dale but leaving this unfortunate affair of your brother's out of the question altogether i should have looked with strong disapproval on any engagement of marriage however remote jim is much too young to love she interjected quickly surely youth is the time for love then she gave a bitter laugh but of course you've forgotten my boy has his future to consider his profession he has only just started in life surely you must see miss dale that any alliance between you would ruin his career for ever she bowed her head to be married to a girl whose brother is a convict to marry the sister of the man who robbed her husband's father yes i quite see it's impossible she looked at him proudly and there was defiance in her eyes i am sure my father would never permit it sir reginald and as i am his only daughter and not yet of age i suppose i should have to obey him yet surely it's for jim to say what he'll do you haven't spoken to him yet not yet i haven't had an opportunity sir reginald was beginning to feel uncomfortable has he said anything to you since the result of the trial i mean as to our future not a word she replied but it's for him to decide i shall not try to persuade him either way though if i thought it would be better for him were we never to meet again i might be persuaded to give way even in opposition to his wishes i can't say yet i haven't had time to think i've suffered sir reginald rupert and i were more to each other than most brothers and sisters perhaps but jim is much more to me than father or mother he's all the world to me yes yes of course but it's for he and me to decide marjorie said this blow that has fallen this shame which i suppose attaches to my name affects only him and me not you nor my father not you nor anyone else in the world we too must settle it no one else she bowed gravely and sir reginald turned away without speaking again there was nothing more to be said he did not go straight home he took a long walk his wishes had never been opposed and he had not expected opposition now what would his son say directly after luncheon he broached the subject by asking when his leave was up in about a week's time governor why are you in a hurry to get rid of me sir reginald stood with his back to the great oak fireplace in the large panel dining-room and with fingers that were not quite steady lit a cigar 
when i bid dale good-bye at charing cross hospital before leaving london he told me your secret jim i was sorry to hear it from a stranger's lips you've never kept anything from me before jim nodded i'm sorry sir it was a secret i'll admit love is different uh, to other things and i wanted to be sure of myself and sure of her that's all right but this unfortunate affair has of course altered everything i saw marjorie this morning i went over to sympathize with her and see if we could do anything to help her she broached the subject about our marriage sir reginald looked at the end of his cigar there can be no question of marriage now why not my boy there was a long silence father and son looked into one another's eyes the father was the first to lower his gaze i love her sir yes of course sir reginald coughed i'm sorry for you but you're young you you don't know your own mind again a short silence has anything i ever did at school or after i left school at sandhurst or at home or since i joined the flying corps suggested to you that i don't know my own mind that i am fickle or changeable no sir reginald was not used to being questioned by his son he was off his guard i've never shown myself a coward in any way father the old man started came a step nearer to his boy and looked at him again and his eyes lighted as he smiled good heavens jim you a coward my dear boy i don't mean just physically jim continued no normal healthy man's afraid of course i suppose it's the danger of my job that gives it a zest i've never shown myself to be the other sort of coward either i hope sir reginald just held out his hand wouldn't it be cowardly then to desert the woman i love just at the moment she most wants me i don't mean that she just wants my love but she wants my protection the protection my name can give her we have a clean record we crichtons haven't we i shall be smirching it if i desert the woman i promised to marry just because her brother turned out a bad egg a convict a felon yes yes but it would make no difference had he been a murderer sir reginald turned away his cigar fell into the grate he leaned his arms on the mantel-shelf and buried his face between his hands what do you propose to do he asked eventually to announce our engagement at once or if that decision does not meet with her or your approval to wait a little while and then announce it i've given her my word and i'm going to keep it i'm sorry father if it hurts you but you must see that i'm right i don't see it sir reginald cried fiercely then after a few moments silence do you know what it means if you persist in marrying her it means your career will be ended you will have to send in your papers i don't think so sir reginald turned around there can be no question do you mean to say if you married a convict sister you would be tolerated in any regiment in any decent society jim sighed i don't know perhaps you're right after all aviation is not confined to the army i can still do my job the world's a big place father he stood by sir reginald's side and laid his hand on his shoulder i'm sorry if i've hurt you dad but leaving my feelings out of the question putting aside society even love i feel it's my duty to keep my word my duty to protect the woman who loves me sir reginald nodded his head he looked at his son through a mist have you thought of your duty to me your duty to society then to the state 
the fact that i love will not prevent me from doing all three the woman i love is straight clean honourable she has done nothing of which to be ashamed if because of this woman you and society and the state refuse my services he shrugged his shoulders as i said the world is large father i'm young and i can fight the old man held out his arms you're young and you'll forget she'll forget too jim my boy you don't know what you're doing why she's only a girl inside of a year she'll forget it there are lots of men he stopped hesitated and looked at his son again why that fellow mr despard who was down here a little while ago i know he's in love with her jim stopped him with a gesture don't say any more father i don't think you quite understand i've made up my mind i've given my word and i'm going to keep it i'll do everything in my power not to hurt you but nothing no one will come between the woman i love and me sir reginald crichton dropped into a chair and sat huddled up staring across the room jim stood by his side and put his arm around his shoulder a long time they waited but neither of them spoke each knew there was nothing more to be said youth and age had travelled side by side for a long time until at last they had reached the inevitable barrier the place where the road divided the parting of the ways to try to go on together meant destruction yet the old man would not believe it the young man whose sight was clearer and whose heart was bolder knew End of chapter fourteen